Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The most important thing, we make decisions about winning, about putting the best team on the ice. I think it's it goes beyond communication. It goes to a relationship. Here's drilled him with a right hand. It missed with a wild right. Lands a right to the shoulder. You know, it's up to us to uh, get the fans excited. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Milan Lucic. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers 630 Shed. It's only appropriate that it is we are the champions because Canada behind the Toronto Raptors was something quite unlike anything that I have experienced. The Raptors, they're world champions for the first time in franchise history. Hey, it's Brendan Escott here in today on Oilers Now. We've got, as per usual, a pretty jam-packed show. Bob Stoffer will check in with us in a few minutes here. We're going to get his thoughts on uh, the season ticket holders hot stove that took place last night at Rogers Place. Ken Holland, Dave Tippett, Tom Anselmi all asked questions by season ticket holders. Um, not uh, not a tremendously hostile vibe, I wouldn't say. In fact, it, uh, it was not a lot of news generated. We'll say that, but we'll get Bob's thoughts on that coming up in about uh, 10 minutes or so, a little bit less than that. 12.35, Hockey Night in Canada's Elliot Friedman. The closer we get to this draft, the more the rumor mill starts churning. We'll check what, uh, what Fried thinks and knows, and we'll get some thoughts from him. 105, Matthew Savoy is going to check in. He's one of the top-rated prospects for the next, uh, not this upcoming draft, not the next one, but I believe the one after that. 
don't quote me on that one. It's it's a top prospect for sure. Uh, kid is signed with the WHL's Winnipeg Ice now, so we'll get his thoughts on that and what was uh, what the process was like. I know he was trying to get exceptional status. We'll get his thoughts. Morley Scott to tee up the Eskimos season opener. It goes down tonight at Commonwealth Place as well. Uh, they're taking on the Montreal Alouettes. So obviously with a lot of new new names, new faces, we'll get Morley's uh, preview as to what that whole season is going to look like. Uh, we're going to jump early into this with uh, Bob Stoffer joining us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline. The River Cree Resort Casino is just getting bigger and better. Their main casino floor becomes 100% smoke-free. This month, the River Creek Resort Casino. Excitement, bet on it. All right, Bob is standing by here. Uh, well, we're, we're talking Raptors, Bob. Uh, you, you had to have caught some of the game after the event last night. Uh, pretty historic for me. And does this take you back to when the Oilers were winning championships or what? Except I was happy in our city. I mean, yeah, it's great for Toronto. I mean, I, I think it's a bigger deal than it was when the Blue Jays won. You know, when I was roughly your age when... Uh, the Blue Jays won the back-to-back championships, and the fact is, ironically enough, uh, they beat a team from the Bay then as well, right? They beat the Oakland A's, and Oakland was a powerhouse team at that time. And uh, but you know, a couple things, uh, you know, they beat the Oakland A's on the way, uh, en route to winning the uh, the World Series. Um, a couple things. I mean, Kawhi Leonard. We haven't had a player do in the playoffs what he did since 1984 since Larry Bird. And Larry Bird is arguably, I think most people would consider a top 10 player all time. I think when you know, we look at the top two, we all think of Michael Jordan. We think of LeBron James. Where's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Well, Kawhi Leonard did something that uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and uh, LeBron James did, right? I mean, he's now uh, been an MVP with two different NBA teams in the uh, NBA Final Series. Back to the Larry Bird comparable. I don't know if you knew this, Brennan, but it's the first time an NBA player has led uh, uh, led the uh, playoffs in scoring and uh, rebounding and in steals since Larry Bird in 1984 when they took out the Lakers in seven games. So a pretty amazing accomplishment uh, for Toronto. It's obviously a great moment. And, it you know, it, it, there will always be a little bit of a question mark. I mean, who saw – when we made our predictions two weeks ago, nobody, you know, did we know whether or not Durant was going to come back? That was a big question mark. But Clay Thompson, uh, you know, missing a game and then uh, getting knocked out of the game last night with about two minutes left in the third quarter. I mean, all that being said, that's part of the process. And, you know, Golden State's been a terrific team. Five straight championship finals in a row represents, you know, they've been an elite team for a long time and the Raptors knocked them off. So you never want to take any. I know this about the most competitive players. They want to beat the best. You know, Kawhi Leonard would have wanted Clay Thompson to stay in that game, but the fact of the matter is, and I did watch the entire game last night in about three different venues, and I can tell you, people were stoked wherever I was, and it was a great moment, and it's terrific, and I think it's going to continue down a path for uh, growth of basketball. Right now, Canada's producing the second most basketball players uh, currently out there in the NBA. We're going to see that coming up this week with the NBA draft. You know, another guy that's going to probably go third or fourth overall, and it's exciting times in basketball and we can't translate this to hockey because there's something that the Raptors did in their handling of Leonard that played a factor in him having the energy levels that he did uh, throughout the course of the playoffs and you know the term load management got used and there's old school people in hockey that 
uh, would bark and yell and scream at younger players that were playing big minutes and insisting that those guys needed to stay on the ice at the end of morning skates and be, you know, the second or third or last guy off the ice in a morning skate because they were a rookie, even though they were playing 18 to 22 minutes. So the progressive organizations in the NHL and Las Vegas is one, have maximized the energy level of their players. And I think that that's something that, you know, like that's face it, Golden State, Brendan, looked tired throughout stretches. Toronto was the better team overall in the series. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, the injuries notwithstanding. And Toronto had a deeper, uh, deeper bench, obviously. But they also managed their players better as well. And I think there's a lesson on that for smart organizations uh, in the hockey world as well. And I'm going to say something right now. I think hockey's the last of the major, last of the major four professional sports that come to terms with that. That there is a variation of load management that needs to be factored in to get optimal performance from your players. One other thing I would say, Bob, is that they, they, oh, you know what? My train of thought absolutely just derailed. Absolutely derailed, Bob. So um, we'll move on from this. I, I do want to ask you quickly, though, do you think the Kawhi resigns? Wow. I mean, I watched some of the stuff this morning out of the States, and they, the Clippers sure look like they're in a pretty good spot. I mean, what, he, do you not get the sense that he's he's not a guy? Like, there are certain players that want to play. Like, Tanner Hall, to me, has always been a guy that wants to play where the game's got juice, right? And, you know, like, I, you look at Tanner Hall re-signing in New Jersey. Is it going to cost them $11 million? Maybe now they got a couple pretty good young centers that went number one overall in the draft. Though I don't think he sure is in any way, shape, or form elite. And 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 then there's players sometimes that, that I think look at situations and maybe they prefer a little less attract you know attentiveness and, and fawning from the public. And that's why some guys end up in places like San Jose because in San Jose in the NHL, you can, I mean it's a good organization. And the Oilers need to learn from San Jose. And one of the things that the Sharks have done is they've signed a lot of uh, older veteran European players. And I wonder whether or not the Oilers continue to go down that path. They got Joel Person coming. They got uh, Joachim uh, Nygaard coming. I wonder if they, there's maybe another guy that gets added at some point. But there's some guys that are really good uh, NHL players that I think, frankly, like San Jose because there's no pressure playing there. And then there's other guys that want to play. Like, you know, Kawhi, you know what I mean? Like, to me, he's kind of a he's kind of a cool, understated guy, and I wonder whether or not the Toronto vibe works for him because it's not all Raptors all the time, you know? But that said, I guess time will tell. I, I, I would say... 4060 he stays what about you I think we're at uh, we're at probably 6040 that he stays I think that uh, because of the way that they handled him and the load management and that sort of thing and and you're right I think that that uh, the fact that they aren't the biggest ticket in town does factor in there um, but only time will tell and it's going to depend a lot on the surrounding cast who they keep around him as well uh, prior to last night's game though Bob we had the season ticket holder hot stove so you've got Dave Tippett Ken Holland Tom Anselmi all sitting there uh, what were some of the highlights or the main topics that you took out of last night's event? Well, first of all, I mean, I appreciated the people that, you know, I, I know what the RV, RSVP uh, theoretical return was going to be for last night's event, and obviously the basketball game changed things. That's part of the reason why we moved the event up. Uh, so it was great to see the people there. I mean, 
I think, to be honest with you, Brennan, one of the things that's occurred here is, and I got this sense in Buffalo, because we go to Buffalo every year at the Combine, and there would be individuals in the media, because the guys that are really hardcore are in Buffalo for the Combine, amongst the media specifically. Uh, it also gives you a different access to other NHL organizations. You know, like I had two half-hour conversations on a Saturday with two different NHL GMs. You would not get that at a normal NHL game. The, the sense I got when I was in Buffalo is there was a recognition that it's pretty tough to argue with the experience factor of what the Oilers have done with Holland and Tippett. And then to further compound that, the addition now of Tom and Selmy, who's got lots of experience and left in his own uh, decision from an Ottawa organization. And let's face it, I mean, Eugene Melnick, and this is A.J. Jakovic's line, Eugene Melnick is like Elizabeth Taylor. After the fifth or sixth husband, you realize it's Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> and after all the breakdowns in relationships with people in Ottawa, you realize it's Eugene Melnick. So the, one of the things I got last night, yes, it, it wasn't a overly aggressive, like, you know, I hosted one of the most aggressive, uh, assertive, acerbic, uh, morning sessions back in would have been late February, early March with uh, the season seat holders. But I think there's a realization, okay, they brought in these veteran guys. Let's see how they do. It doesn't mean, Brendan, that we don't look at the last 12 and the last 13 years ago. This isn't acceptable. We know it isn't acceptable. That's why there's been the amount of changes that there's been. But I do think there's a realization that there, there's something to be said for experience, Brendan. You know, and especially in roles like that. So I think people know that Ken Holland's an understated guy, that he's not, uh, you know, he doesn't come across as having an ego or thinking that he's the smartest guy in the room. He has an approach. Uh, I asked him a couple pretty, you know, I asked him specific questions about maybe offer sheet for a mid-range player. You know, obviously in my world, I look at the two guys in Toronto, with Andreas Johnson and Casperi Kaplan. Mm-hmm. I wonder, does something shake out there? If the Leafs, I will tell you this, uh, Kyle Dubas, Brendan, is doing everything possible, everything possible to offload Zaitsev and Patrick Harlow. Everything possible. So that's why you're hearing those names out there. I personally don't see a direct fit in Edmonton for Zaitsev. I don't know what his dimension is. And the owner's already got a couple defensemen kind of like that and their term lengths are shorter. You know, in Marlowe's case, that's obviously not a fit, but Toronto needs to, they need to shave some money. I wonder whether or not Garrett Sparks' name went out there today because they're hoping that somebody else fights on another contract to get a decent backup goalie, albeit it didn't have a very good year last year. So, I don't know, I mean, you were there too. You got to read of the fans. I mean, I, you know, they, they kind of answered the questions, you know, the McDavid questions been out there for a while and things seem to be progressing the way I think everybody kind of expected it to, but I I don't personally have a lot of history with that type of injury before. So the alarmists are going to go out and say, oh, no, you know, it, I, I guess time will tell in regards to that. But it seemed like everything was sort of going along the way it should have with McDavid. That was one of the things. And then the overall view, like I don't think there's any debate that they recognize there needs to be a lot of work to, done to improve the team here right. uh, to get the team. Not a lot of work, but there needs to be some work done to get the team in the playoffs next season. 
Oh, for sure. And all of them, it seemed, were talking about adding scoring depth. Uh, Dave Tippett saying that he's he's the type of coach who's going to work with what he has, but he followed that up by saying they do need to add that uh, the third and fourth line guys. And they all of them were pointing to the Stanley Cup playoffs and who was in the finals and the way that those teams were constructed, Bob. So uh, you get the sense that whether they, they go about growing that internally or or obviously for more of an immediate impact it seems that they're going to start looking out externally and holland said that the draft is likely where that's going to start is that correct yeah but he also he got the sense they're drafting the best available player because we know they need i mean there's there's no guy at number eight that's going to step in and play as a forward mind you that has happened before i mean jeff skinner was rookie of the year and i think he was seven or eight the year that hall went number one so uh We'll, we'll see what happens here. We'll see whether or not, you know, it's, we're going to continue to hear discussions. I mean, today, Louis Erickson, there's reports out of Vancouver that Erickson's come to the conclusion that maybe it's best for him to, to move along. You're going to continue to hear Lucic's name out there. I asked the question about Paul Yarby. You know, can you can you mend that relationship? Well, it's not all on the organization. The player's got to do some of that, too, and the agent's got to be open to it. So, um it's gonna. I think it's going to be a really intriguing next, you know, 15, 16, 17 days in Edmonton. The other thing I'll add is I think the Oilers will be still signing players two or three weeks into July because I, you're going to have to add guys at the price point where you're going to have to fish in that pool a bit because they don't have a, a ton of cap space. So uh, something to watch for. You know, a couple of years ago, we were done around July 2nd, July 3rd. Again, I can see us not being done until... July 15, 16, 17, covering, you know, maybe a couple guys that are AHL guys, maybe another European guy, um, a forward. You know, they got a lot of depth on defense. But St. Louis switched out five new forwards. I think the Oilers, it's incumbent upon them to find a lot more speed uh, in a lineup somehow, some way. And then they've got to resolve the two biggest question marks that you and me deal with on a daily basis. And that's Lucic and Pugliarvi amongst the existing core forwards. Let's end with this, Bob. We had a wager a few, uh, probably a few months ago now, actually, that uh, the superstar young player out of St. Albert, Matthew Savoy, we, we, you, you said that he would, in fact, suit up in the WHL and sign that agreement uh, with yeah. Winnipeg. I said that they wanted to take the NCAA route, and uh, not to my surprise at all, you were right on that one. He does sign in Winnipeg. So, uh, what, just give me a thought on that. Well, I think when you're at that level, that's the route you should be going. And, and you know, I mean, Jonathan Taze was maybe the last real high-end guy that, you know, and it didn't disservice him at all. But, I, you know, it's you're playing 72 games. Uh, it's a heavily scouted league. And, uh, you know, they've had the uh, the Winnipeg organizations ended up signing their thing because they signed Geeky's brother, too. They've had a good go here over the last couple of weeks. And that bodes well. And that Kootenai team that moved to Winnipeg, Brendan, that was the worst team I saw in the Western Hockey League since Portland in the late 2000s. And you know how good Portland was from about 2011 until about 2015. Mm-hmm. And they're still a competitive team every year. So, you know, they have certain advantages. American team, they're able to get some American players that maybe wouldn't go anywhere else. Uh, we might start to see the Winnipeg Ice grow here, and they're going to be a pretty exciting team to play, to watch play over the next two to three years, that's for sure. But the best guys should go. Smaller guys that, you know, if you're a 5'8", 150-pound defenseman, 
at uh, at fourteen, fifteen. Uh, you know, to me, the NCAA might be the better route for you. But the best, the best guys have got a little bit of a size, in my opinion. They should be going to the Western Lake. All right, Bob, we're going to park it there. Uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy what you're up to today, and uh, we'll check back in on Monday. All right. Yeah, let's leave it at that. All right. Okay, take care. See you later. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. That uh, is the big man himself checking in from the roads. All right, it is uh, 1224. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gary in Edmonton, Brendan Escott in on Oilers Now. We'll be back, uh, we'll be back after a quick timeout here. Well, 28 in Edmonton, Brendan Escott steering the ship on Oilers Now. Got to tell you, the show was brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the digitex.ca e-commerce store. No need to spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, IT, and supplies. And... You can keep in touch as well on the Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. Not your small town dealership with a huge new state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. Hockey Night in Canada's Elliot Friedman coming up for our friends at the River Cree Resort Casino. That's on the other side of a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Chaudouin. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.